after coming out of that bizarre concoction that somehow flies, Hux, along with Clemens, named because his parents presumably thought he was kind as a toddler, although as an adult one would think it would be difficult to equate, and from now on would be referred to as Clemens. I do not know, but he might look like a mollusk. The two, at any rate, start to think about making their way out of Nyx, mostly the only place they know of and have lived in, but they might have wandered around the corner now and then in the past. Anyway, in order not to procrastinate too much, the two shall talk to some of the people in Nyx again, because why not, no? Talking, after all, can be said to be the heart of the narrative, but not all are impressive. The first two in the shell do not appear to say much, so Parks thought better than to waste time with them for now, and went over to the next couple of people on the outer edge, the moustached one who simply said, I see you have thus resolved to go and seek out our possible ailments. Well, do remember that even if Pons is always available to consult, it might be merely anxiety, still. And no, the other one will only help with ethereal matters, whatever those are, so presumably we are not at that stage yet. And so Pucks exited the shell into the main town and noticed the bearded, slightly militaristic fellow who earlier mused about streams say, I wish luck in your quest to resolve our problems, Pux and Clemens. For if the last monarchy fell, what a possibility for a merciful peace if only. Pax then thought, possibly, that it was nice to be so relied on, was it not? Or perhaps too much pressure? And why is it these people all around are just there to talk to anyway? Why can there not be, possibly, a big party of villagers to ever so politely ask this monarch to dampen down his aspirations, lest there be consequences? It is not as if the French Revolution only happened because a couple of guys went to play tennis or something. Well, perhaps the latter bit. Also, why tennis specifically, when there are so many other similar sports? Who knows? But anyway, the point is, verily, one knows not how it is always a few people who happen to resolve some grand, complex narrative besides the rationale that to the perceived individual is more important than the collective since it is usually a singular spectator per se. Either way, Pax suddenly glimpsed a shop and thought why should he not visit it just before going into the wide, wild world. In it, a variety of items, although most were for show one suspected, like the facade of society itself at any rate. As soon as Pax entered the shop, the thing is, Something strange occurred as soon as he jumped on this magic circle thing. A certain amount of visual noise was suddenly in the air, as if the brain's neurons were not seamlessly passing information along synapses anymore, or perhaps that twilight state in between sleep and wake, when the world has not quite switched to high definition and was possibly a few decades behind still. 
due to subjective perception being so. This happened as soon as Pax went on the symbol, so it must have been it, he inferred, and uh, there was not quite any other way he could have gone either, as the corridor was narrow. Appropriately now, there were also a couple of those wizard statues that he saw previously, which said the same thing really, the exception art did not match heart. Now, it went along with Mart, and so the inscription proved comedic, he thought. In any case, he went along, and the owner proffered. Hello there, Pax. I have heard this is but a law in a potentially upcoming conflict, and so I would have thought my items could prove useful, especially if you venture outside. He had a variety of items, but suddenly one did not seem so interested in getting any for some reason. Whether one would regret the thing in future when they might be needed is another matter. But living on the edge has its interests. The shopkeeper then clarified. Oh, and what happened as you entered is a curse a mage once put on my shop, unfortunately. It will resolve itself as you exit, but it sure would be nice if I could somehow lift this spell. Perhaps with something around the shop and something else, not sure, but it is surely ironic that this happened with my side hobby here. His side hobby turned out to be a lot of magic related items as it happens. Besides the circle and the statues, there were several other items lying about too, which of course Pax went to tinker with. There were also some potted plants though, as it happens, which meant not everything was related to magic, unless they were somehow used in some ritual Pax simply did not know of. What is incipient life but magic within? What, though, makes this so tragic? Which percipient would reveal? This was, then, what they seemed to utter. One did not know if it was simply animated or living beings that made such utterances, or perhaps art did, unless it could be argued that it was all art, but then would that not be inclusive of the whole universe, which would be stretching it a bit? What indeed Pax was certain about, though, is that he was uncertain about what the above possibly meant. For opaque it was, although still appropriate considering its setting, he thought. Why also are they all questions? Nearer to the shop's counter, there were also uh, skills of justice. Um, not quite in an item shop, I assume. Or maybe magicians like to weigh their baubles, if indeed they do have baubles. For one is not sure, perhaps the seller weighs portions of potions. Idly wondering about random items usages is always a good hobby for a procrastinator, especially 
because what else are items for in one's eyes? Close to it there was also an hourglass. Why are there some time mages around? Those rare creatures somewhat not as potent as this job description makes them sound. Not quite equivalent to a certain sorceress. Pucks truly wondered about the innocuous and trivial. But if he did this not, how could some problems be resolved in the future? Who he refers to remains a mental mystery though. There were also some pretty empty jars in the northern edge of the shop. What would one fill these jars with? Some time later perhaps they will become useful, but as for now, would this perhaps be useful to resolve the cares? More bottles could be glimpsed still, but this time they were not quite plain and transparent. Plenty of pigments to choose from, but whatever might these be? Maybe the actual items the shopkeeper says are on sale? Or do those always need to be invisible or something? Perhaps condiments, but why would magic users need those? Why indeed, one would think, it is not as if it is a prerequisite for spells to be in such a variety of jars to be cast. And even then, one is only assuming that this is what they are for. For all anyone knows, the shopkeeper simply needs to remember something indicated by that variety. Some things may be more than decorative. Next to them were something even more plain though. Oh jolly, just brown sex. Whatever does anyone want to do with such special items? I myself would have no idea unless I thought of this before. Why? The heel probably does something to the items inside, possibly. Why indeed would some item shop have such sex unless the items are potatoes or something? There is. It is even more of a mystery when containers are opaque. More bags then, but with a bit more variety. Is this where everyone does their daily shop? Because it does not seem to be very packed with everything. And it does seem to be geared towards a certain type of consumer. Or am I misreading it? Maybe it is in fact where sex are bought. Maybe potions are an illusion. Downwards a slightly more interesting bunch of bottles. No, can't be. Alcohol. Magic uses embodied is. Do not tell me this is their secret weapon. Stumbling around, people would ignore them. And suddenly they play their tricks with devious creatures. If it was, it would be news to me too. Then a laboratory sort of aspect to the next few bottles. A chemistry set? Is that what magicians rely on after all? But where do they get out all their equipment on stage? Some sort of hammer space? Or am I getting the wrong sort of magician here? Who knows if you are, Perks? For all we know, rabbits might come out of those containers. Lastly, there was what looks like ketchup. Goes well on chips and such, except there does not seem to be anywhere to buy that from. Unless you need frozen ones, of course. Plenty of snow here to keep them cool. 
Oh, uh, warm chips, such alchemy. Well, one hopes it might be more useful than the items currently being sold, if one has no money to buy them with. Who dreams of that? As one can delightfully witness, it is no easy way out, even from a simple shop, for procrastination is ever-present, and there are always shiny things to tinker with. But Pax made his way out of the shop finally, at any rate. Why, if he left the heavenly floating abode, what would make him stay in some place cursed with visual noise? Out he went back into the Nyx, generally, all the way back to that old grandma that for some reason hangs about in the cold and yet not much health-wise seems to happen. So, you are now fearless and venturing forth to the south? Maybe I shall have an ending not mired in conflict. If so, I would be ever so grateful, young friend. She said, seemingly aware that pawns had been talked with. Was she psychic by chance? Is there an entire layer here we are not aware of? Where does quantum mechanics seem to be involved, like it appears to do with the seer's age, possibly? One knows not what one knows not. Hugs also went back to his house upwards. Maybe to take a nap if one desired, and why not? It is the very engine of procrastination. And besides, no one had said Ignis will come tomorrow for certain as such, and so in denial he hopes in, for no two pair go better together. But also to talk to his housemate, in case she needs to say anything just before leaving. Clemens, I assume you're going with Fox to seek out what might be the cause of strife? Saying that, one might only dig so deep before the fundaments of idealism are encountered. Clearly then, these three knew each other for some time, but what do I know? Especially about the aforementioned fundaments. What if they are more like a fractured base, a leaky roof, if roofs were indeed used to build idealism upon somehow? How also can idealism even be integrated in architecture? Or should one not take this literally? Now, finally, Parks make his first tentative steps outside just beyond the gate of the wall in order to exit this place and there happened to be two other characters waiting outside as if barred from entering for some reason or maybe they had no keys they likely tried knocking though one seemed slightly sketchy but the other one merely enthusiastic Although, what further than the mystery as it could not have been the cold or the infinitude of snow Hey there, citizen. I've been stranded here as it happens, since I was about to travel in between the two places, north and south. But as hostilities increased, I was wondering if the enthusiastic fellow with the spiky hair and goggles for some reason stopped abruptly, as if the cold shut his mouth frozen after all. But no. It was clearly a psychological issue. If, Pax prompted, 
Uh, it could be caught in the crossfire. There was no, no middle, you see. I was working on my engines, but had to pause for now. For no one would anyway if I were not around. He finally finished, with still some thoughts seemingly left out. What he was referring to, though, no one knew, and for all anyone did know, it was all imagery, or not, as one needs to assume some things happen to be true. Engines? Paxa inquired. I construct these machines, some say a relic of a bygone day, but the past is never the past, I think, the future merely incorporates it. And so I continue. Well, that was a somewhat interesting interlude and thesis of what time consists of, Parks might have thought. Why, though, someone who constructs machines thinks this, no one is sure, for theory of mine might be as elusive as antimatter in outer space. Say, could you possibly retrieve something I could use in my repairs? It does happen to be in the town below the castle, which is nominally ruled by the monarch, and so is in the state, he continued, somewhat more practically minded. Hmm, I could try, since that seems to be my general direction, and we may already be at risk at any rate. I'm also a bit interested to see what kind of machine this is, Pax surmised. One has to wonder, though, when risk is evaluated, are future events taken into account? Would multiple events then appear to lessen the risk, just because it appears to be more worthy? Thanks, I'll let you take a look. If this is a sort of tool that could fix a capacitor, one in a sort of flux, I'm not sure myself, but you could see once it's ready. What he is referring to, one has no idea, but one assumes the future will reveal, possibly. He was indeed a strange fellow, one usually stranded in some dystopian cyberpunk narrative. But if so, does this mean this is the world Pax inhabits? Oh, one must mention, as it has likely not been mentioned, that this world happens to be called Locus, in keeping with the naming tradition, it seems. It plainly means that this was where they lived, the place, but genetically it is where genes are too, so in a way it makes doubly sense. Who sensibly knows? The other guy was even stranger though, for he sneered like no one imaginably does. And he did try to hide it, but not quite so well. Why, hello there. I am but a humble representative of uh, the town down south. The domain the monarch holds and uh, he hesitated too. But unlike the other nearby fellow, this did not seem to be born out of apprehension but more out of a hesitancy to the way he could conceivably be perceived, perhaps, as he was scanning Pax as if a mechanical device was installed in his mind, and it was its 
entire sole mission to do so, all the while still perpetually sneering. Yes, Pax replied in order to get out of this little impasse. I just wanted to say how much the town needs you, how useful you would be if you would then next go to the castle to put an end to this oppression. Why, yes. He clearly was not being forthcoming or even remotely as honest as, say, the other person was with his enthusiasm. Or the old lady with the way she sees and saw the world. He was hiding something, not even trying to hide, which makes one wonder why. Sure, just as I have been told by so many others here. Why does he seem hesitant, though? Parks noticed, as he was going to go anyway, and Hans seems to think it was the next best step. He did not think it would be better to drop out now, as much as his procrastination begged him to. At this point it was either that or wait until something happened externally. Why, yes, you would be greeted so handsomely if you do go to the castle. Why would you not be? Why, indeed? He was clearly a strange one, but as long as he merely talked to Pucks and did not enter Nyx, one figured he could not do much damage. At best, this might be an intelligence-gathering exercise, but from behind the gate not much can be noticed. At any rate, beyond all this chit-chat, Parks was indeed finally going to exit his hometown. I mean, it is not like he could not have done so before, or at least just after he talked with Pons, but the journey is worth more than the destination, surely? Unless, of course, it is some castle in the middle of the desert and one needs to escape hastily for one particular reason. Only then it is the shadows which plunge one into despair. So, Nyx effectively is a sort of base for him, at least at the beginning, as the world is only so large, and one might not be sure distances can be travelled quickly, and uh, there did not seem to be many places one could go to at any rate, besides those two below, that is, but that is where Pax intends to go, so he is not quite worried about much else right now, except perhaps about this last dodgy character, but a deferred problem is still a problem that comes later, he figured, and so he made his way outside.